Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. TheFederalist.com. Margot Cleveland. She's their uh, legal writer. Former, like, long-time clerk in the federal court system and such. Worked for judges. And, and she's a lawyer. Teaches. She's an adjunct professor and that sort of thing. She has a headline here. Media launder dirty details of Hunter's plea deal and Biden DOJ. So over the weekend, there were some stories that dropped. Politico and New York Times... Uh, they both did some. They both did a story each on the plea deal that fell apart for Hunter Biden. And rather than condemn the DOJ for inserting itself in the case against the president's son in order to pressure the U.S. attorney David Weiss to drop the investigation, the articles by Politico and the New York Times tried to spin that fact and many more as evidence that Hunter Biden was just unfairly targeted. But what it actually did was expose troubling details and further proof that the House of Representatives needs to open impeachment inquiries against President Joe Biden, Attorney General Merrick Garland, U.S. Attorney David Weiss, and maybe even the D.C. and uh, California U.S. attorneys, as well as the FBI director, Christopher Wray. Why? Well, when news broke that the Hunter Biden plea deal had collapsed after the judge asked, like, two questions, showing how flimsy the deal was, right, the hearing concluded with Hunter Biden pleading not guilty pending an additional briefing. That briefing never came, though, because U.S. Attorney David Weiss asked for and got special counsel authority. And then instead of filing a motion to vacate the court's order to brief the issues, he said, oh, we're at an impasse and going to have to go to trial. And so then he files a motion to dismiss the tax charges, saying his office is considering what tax charges to bring in another district and may elect to bring the same charges set forth in different ones, or maybe some other ones. We're not even sure. The judge granted that motion late last week, dismissed the tax charges. The gun charge remains. That's in a federal court in Delaware. The parties, though, dispute the validity of the pretrial diversion agreement. And so we're probably going to see some developments on that argument this week sometime. But, the dismissal of the two tax charges, remember that he had they, they, they had gotten down to misdemeanors, which the IRS whistleblowers were like, no, the policy is you charge them as felonies. There's not two tiers of justice. IRS always charges these as felonies. You do not charge them as misdemeanors. But in this case, they did. But now those charges are dismissed, and I would say probably rightfully so because they were misdemeanors. If you're going to charge them, you charge them as felonies. But you add in the U.S. attorney's uh, claim that he was going to you know, refile the charges in a different federal court. 
that apparently pushed Hunter Biden's legal team into the arms of its more reliable ally, the media. Hence, the New York Times and Politico pieces. Right? They hit the Internet on Saturday, and both of these articles spin Hunter Biden's legal problems as... Trump and Republican created (laughs) because, of course, it would be right. Donald Trump made Hunter Biden do all of those things. (laughs) Um, Thanks to Hunter Biden's team feeding Politico and the Times the backstory of the deal, though, what what emerges is a picture that's actually way worse, way worse. So the attorney for Hunter Biden, guy by the name of Christopher Clark, was apparently, and I think I mentioned this last week, that he was lobbying or, or requesting meetings with, with tons of DOJ officials, just pestering everybody. Hey, can I get a meeting? Hey, can I get a meeting? Need a meeting? And he, he kept getting turned down. So according to Politico, and obviously this came from the Hunter Biden camp, their attorneys sat and talked with Politico and the New York Times. They're working on on narrative crafting, right? They're trying to get out in front of a story that they are way behind on. From the fall of 22, so not even a year ago, through this spring, so for about six months, Christopher Clark sought meetings with high-level DOJ officials, and it lists all these different offices, Clark finally succeeds in his efforts to meet with a higher up at Maine Justice. April 26th, this year, April 26th, he meets with Associate Deputy Attorney General Bradley Weinsheimer and David Weiss, U.S. Attorney from Delaware, David Weiss. The timing of this is key because... He got that meet one week after the IRS whistleblowers. One week earlier, Mark Lytle, or Little, who is a partner at the law firm Nixon Peabody, wrote a letter to House and Senate committees informing them that his client, a career IRS supervisory special agent, sought to make protected whistleblower disclosures to Congress concerning an investigation into a politically connected individual. Those whistleblower disclosures would contradict sworn testimony to Congress by a senior political appointee, the letter says. And it would show, quote, the failure to mitigate clear conflicts of interest, and it would provide, quote, examples of preferential treatment and improper political influence. One week after... That notice goes to the members of Congress, to the, to the House and the Senate. A week after that letter, Christopher Clark finally gets his meet with the Department of Justice. Coincidental? I'm sure. Oh, yeah, totally. Nobody would give this guy the time of day for six months. But as soon as a whistleblower comes forward out of the IRS, now all of a sudden he gets a sit-down with the U.S. attorney that's prosecuting the case and an associate deputy attorney general to Garland? So that means right after Hunter Biden's lawyer spent six months trying to swing a meeting with top DOJ officials, the meeting materializes one week after news breaks of the whistleblower claims. I'm not buying that that's a coincidence.
soon, the House Ways and Means Committee, uh, after that, they met on May 5th. And they got a proffer from the attorney representing the whistleblowers concerning the testimony that their client would provide Congress about the political interference. Okay? So, April 26th, well, so, like, right around April, like, 18th or so, right, you've got the lawyers for the whistleblower telling House and Senate, hey, got a whistleblower. A week later, April 26th, we get the sit-down with Hunter Biden's lawyers and DOJ. Ten days after that, we get the proffer from the whistleblower attorney. And then a week later, less than six days after that, May 11th, Weinsheimer, who is Merrick Garland's deputy, he thanks Christopher Clark, Hunter Biden's lawyer, he thanks Clark for the meeting and told him, that U.S. Attorney David Weiss would handle the next steps, end quote. Four days after that, quote, at the request of the Department of Justice, the two whistleblowers and their entire elite team of IRS investigators are removed from the Hunter Biden investigation. It was the same day, according to the New York Times' story this week, or this weekend, that Leslie Wolf, an assistant U.S. Attorney to David Weiss, suggested she proposed let's resolve this investigation into hunter biden with a deferred prosecution agreement the sweetheart deal biden's legal team then presents a first draft of a proposed diversion agreement to wolf on may 18 three days later which reportedly included a sweeping grant of immunity for quote any other federal crimes relating to matters investigated by the united states that the president's son may have committed. So they're like, let's do this deferred prosecution agreement and give him immunity for just anything that he may have ever done illegally. How about that? That's what their attorneys offered. After additional negotiations, the pledge of immunity was changed to the government promising not to prosecute Hunter for any of the offenses encompassed in the statement of facts that would accompany the diversion agreement. In sending a revised agreement to Christopher Clark to the Biden camp, Leslie Wolf made clear that she had not discussed or obtained approval from her boss, David Weiss, about the terms of this final agreement. And Weiss apparently refused to approve the deal that Leslie Wolf had attempted to carve out with Hunter's attorney, telling Clark that Weiss required Hunter Biden to plead guilty to two misdemeanor counts of failing to pay his taxes. So Leslie Wolf tried to get an even sweeter sweetheart deal. But David Weiss was like, okay, that's too sweet. I mean, we don't want to have cavities just immediately here. So why don't we just make him do some misdemeanor charges? Erupting in anger, Biden's attorney accused Leslie Wolf of misleading him. Nonetheless, Hunter Biden eventually agreed to this deal which was still the sweetheart deal. This was supposed to be an even better deal for Hunter Biden, if you can imagine that. So now we are spinning. Now we are seeing the spin job. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's military surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will 
consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Margot Cleveland's piece at thefederalist.com talking about this uh, sweetheart deal that Hunter Biden got. It was supposed to be even sweeter. Had U.S. Attorney David Weiss not objected, the sweetheart plea deal gifted to Hunter Biden would have included no guilty pleas at all and just the pretrial diversion agreement on the gun charge. That's it. Now, Hunter Biden's legal team, with the assistance of Politico and The New York Times, they're trying to spin David Weiss's refusal to go along with his uh, assistant U.S. attorney, Leslie Wolf's proposal, this diversion agreement. Right? They're saying that Weiss's refusal was politically motivated and, and it came from you know, pressure from Republicans. That's why David Weiss didn't, take the, uh, didn't agree to the plea deal, I should say, didn't allow that to move forward. But Politico and the New York Times are ignoring the political interference that prevented the IRS investigators from conducting their investigation. They don't address that. Equally damning is the timing, which suggests that as soon as the whistleblowers alerted Congress to their evidence of political favoritism towards Hunter Biden, then the DOJ intervened, right? Agreeing to the meeting with Hunter Biden's attorney. And that prompted the resolution that they attempted to bring through the sweetheart deal. Margot Cleveland uh, uh, later on writes that further proof that both Weiss and Garland misled Congress when they claimed Weiss was totally in charge of the Hunter Biden investigation. As this weekend reporting reveals, Hunter Biden's attorney continuously contacted high-level DOJ political appointees, including Merrick Garland, trying to get somebody to rein in David Weiss. And eventually, the Associate Deputy Attorney General answered the call, agreed to the meeting. Why, uh, Weinsheimer. But Christopher Clark, who is Hunter Biden's attorney, Christopher Clark did more than solicit the intervention of Biden's DOJ. According to Politico, Clark threatened David Weiss with a promise to put President Joe Biden on the stand in any trial of Hunter Biden and create a, quote, constitutional crisis. Clark sent Weiss a 32-page letter on October 31st. Scary. The moment Clark, oh, and he says here, um, President Biden now unquestionably would be a fact witness for the defense in any criminal trial. This, of all cases, justifies neither the spectacle of a sitting president testifying at a criminal trial nor the potential for a resulting constitutional crisis. So this reads to me just a little bit like Hunter Biden's text message where he said, you know, you need to deliver on what was promised to us. I'm sitting here next to dad and nobody will, you know, we will not rest until we destroy you if you don't basically pay us. So what happened here? Hunter Biden, through his attorney, right, they leveraged Joe Biden as a witness to negotiate a plea deal on behalf of his son. Weiss, the U.S. attorney, 
should have advised the attorney general then of the need for a special counsel. At that point, you've got his you got Hunter Biden's lawyer saying, I'm going to bring the president here. At that point, you're like, OK, special counsel needed. The moment Clark contacted DOJ political appointees to try to talk about these charges, Merrick Garland should have appointed a special counsel, but he did not. Instead, both Garland and David Weiss represented to the American public and to Congress that Weiss had ultimate authority over the investigation and that there is no political interference. And that wasn't true. Even after making those public pronouncements, Weinsheimer intervened, prompting Leslie Wolf to push forward with that diversion agreement only deal, only then to get trumped by David Weiss. Now, Leslie Wolf has reportedly been removed from this case. And David Weiss now has been named as a special counsel. Although there's question about the legality of that because he still works for the DOJ, for the government. But this weekend backstory that obviously came from the Hunter Biden camp, it, it doesn't actually help them. It, it What it does is it, it gives us more proof that David Weiss is incompetent and or untrustworthy and should not be in charge of this. And it also implicates Merrick Garland, the attorney general. So as Margot Cleveland concludes here, the House has to uh, has to act now and launch impeachment inquiries for Weiss and Garland, as well as President Biden and Christopher Wray for their roles in the scandal. Anything less will create a real constitutional crisis. I think it is important to note when political opponents do the right thing, even if we don't know why they're doing the right thing. (laughs) But I think it's important to point it out that, oh, look at that. They did the right thing. That's a good thing. Like I... The example of this is always like, how come these local activist groups, whenever there's like a police involved shooting of uh, like the cop is white and the uh, the shooting victim is is black, then there's always, you know, the the protests and and the demonstrations and such press conferences. And then you usually hear something uh, like, well, why don't uh, these activists ever talk about black on black crime or anything like that? So I try to point out when those when they do have those events and they do, by the way, they have them a lot. So um, this is along those same lines, right? So the media, uh, well, in the, well, okay, I don't want to ascribe to the entire media because it's just one person, but it's Jake Tapper at CNN of all people. Jake Tapper. He kind of grudgingly says, uh, well, yeah, uh, Donald Trump was right. And, and uh, Kristen, uh, Glenn Kessler from the Washington Post uh, had a fact check about Joe Biden uh, from earlier this month, um, noting that Hunter Biden admitted in court in July that he was in fact paid substantial sums uh, from Chinese companies. Kessler wrote, Hunter Biden reported nearly 2.4 million in income in 2017 and 2.2 million in income in 2018, most of which came from Chinese or Ukrainian interests. But this, and this directly goes against what Joe Biden said in yeah. the debate in 2020 right. uh, with uh, Donald Trump. Take a listen. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about, uh, what are you talking about, China. What you None of that is true. He made a fortune in Ukraine, in China, in Moscow, that is simply and various not other places. True. 
So it's from two different debates, but I mean, Trump was, was right. Yeah. I mean, he did make a fortune from China and Joe Biden was wrong. I don't know that he was lying about it. He might not have been told by Hunter, but this blind spot is a problem. It's a problem, one, because Republicans aren't going to let it go, that's for sure. But also, these problems are continuing through the legal system. It's not as though this is something that's been settled in other jurisdictions and Republicans are just harping on it. It is an ongoing thing in our courts. It's not going anywhere. This is a blind spot. Correct, yes. So the the talking point is out, obviously, because he's about to say it again. You maybe just caught the tail end of that. But he's going to say it again. Blind spot. Blind spot is the new term to describe why Joe Biden lied about his son's business dealings with China, Ukraine, Russia, right? And if and I guess it also that would also kind of cover him as well, this blind spot talking point that would cover Joe for, you know, I've never talked business with my son. And then, oh, well, actually, you've been to meetings, coffee, dinners conference calls, whatever, with all of these other business dealings, which is a totally legit thing that most, you know, grown people do. It happens all the time. Like when I was, I started a couple of years back, I started my, uh, my podcast and, you know, had to create a business and all a little LLC and all of that. And the first thing I did was, you know, bring my dad into phone conversations with various people, right? Just you know, hey, hey, bank, I want to set up an LLC. So can uh, can I get my dad on the phone here? Oh, hey, uh, you know, I'm gonna try to sell some advertising. Uh, let me get my dad on the call here. You want to you want to meet for uh, dinner at uh, Cafe Milano, where people where where everybody in the D.C. area you know to see to be seen and to see others, and it's where the glamorous set dines, all that. No, of course not. We all understand why it looks the way it looks. Because Joe Biden was very much aware of what the racket was. It's influence peddling. And so when so his denials are all in service to that. So the talking point now is blind spot. This is a blind spot that Joe Biden had. Now Tapper does qualify there. He says something like, oh, well, you know, we don't know if it was a lie or not. Well, we know that's probably not true either. We we are aware that Hunter Biden flew with Joe on Air Force Two to these countries. So, like, to me, the most obvious thing to ask your son is, hey, what are you doing on this flight? <laughs> what are you doing here? I'm on my way to Ukraine to talk about anti-corruption efforts. What are you doing here, Hunter? Oh, nothing. No, of course not. He knew. Because he had already gotten on the conference call with the Burisma people. So here's the rest of it. Because now he's going to ask, by the way, the woman that you just heard there is Kristen Soltis Anderson. She's a GOP consultant, pollster, person, whatever. Uh, and now the next one that you're going to hear from is Andy Levin, who is a former Democrat congressman. And so Tapper then and you know tosses this softball over to uh to Andy Levin about the blind spot. Ongoing thing in our courts. It's not going anywhere. This is a blind spot. Does it concern you as a Democrat? Well, I think dads have sometimes, and parents sometimes have blind spots about their kids, for sure, and the president may be no exception. Uh But nothing has tied the president to any of Hunter Biden's dealings. There's no whiff of him being involved or him being implicated in it. And uh, it's, you know, I think it's not something the voters care a lot about. So not even a whiff. 
Not even a whiff that Joe is anywhere nearby. Not even on Air Force Two with his sons or his son that was uh, uh, on the multiple trips. Not even at the dinner. Not even at the phone call. None of that. Not, no, I don't smell anything. Nothing there. Nothing. And look, I don't think people really care. Nobody's going to care about any of this. Hmm. Then there's this from the Washington Post, I believe, over the weekend. uh, When Delaware's acting U.S. attorney, David Weiss, celebrated a fraud conviction back in 2010, he was joined by a key partner in the case. The state's attorney general, Bo Biden. Weiss worked with Bo Biden on prosecution strategies on this particular case. Um, the little-known history highlights the deep challenges Weiss faces as he pursues a newly recharged investigation into Bo's brother, Hunter Biden, in a small state long politically dominated by their father. I know I am as surprised as you are. All right, more on that in a minute. First, let me tell you, the Heritage Life Skills event was fantastic. Every year, Bill and Jan Sturette organize the event to help people get educated on how to be prepared for anything. The Sturettes own Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials you'll need for any kind of emergency. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies, because being prepared is just smart. The Heritage Life Skills event brings educators and vendors from all over to help people do just that. I was honored to be able to be a small part of it. And whether you're an experienced prepper, have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Let me get to some emails here now. Uh, regarding uh, last hour, we were talking about Governor Ron DeSantis's comments uh, in the interview that he gave about listless vessels, saying that if you're trying to build a movement, it's got to be based on principle, not uh, not just to follow one person, because that's not a durable movement. Otherwise, we'll just be listless vessels. And uh, there's this effort underway to try to make that into, like, the same thing as Hillary Clinton's, you're deplorables, you know. And it's obviously not. Uh, but th- th- there's an effort underway. Uh, so let's get to some of the uh, the responses to that. This is from Jan, who says, the main way that I have def- – oh, so, and there was part of this, which is, you know, there are the, the sunk costs of Donald Trump, right? There are people who love Trump so much, have been his, you know, just staunch defenders from the very beginning, and they've they've done so at 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 cost to themselves and their family relationships. Uh, you know, some people have lost jobs, opportunities, whatever. There there has been cost to that, and getting them to now abandon Trump, that's it, it, impossible because the sunk costs are already so steep. But there's another group of people that have defended that first group of people and also Donald Trump on occasion. And and they're now being treated as if they are these leftist Hillary supporting, uh, you know, wokists. And that's not fair either. So anyway, the uh, the main way, Jan says, the main way I have, quote, defended former President Trump is by pointing out the lies and misquotes that the press and other leftists use to attack him. My main comment is, why make up a quote to show that he said something stupid? 
Just wait a few minutes and he will actually say something dumb that you can then attack him on. That's, well, (laughs) all right. Every time you attack him using something so easily disproven, it makes any valid point you might make a lot less likely to be listened to. Jan's exactly right. This is one of the things that was always amazing to me. The people that were attacking Trump the hardest did the same thing that they accused him of doing. Like, oh, I don't like him. Mean tweets. Eh." And then they just savage the guy with mean tweets. He lies. And then what do they do? They lie. Right? So that's why I said this is, you know, the, the charge of hypocrisy doesn't carry any purchase any longer. It doesn't matter. You could say, oh, Donald Trump's a liar. Well, so are you. So we're, okay, where does that leave us? Right? This is what, this is what DeSantis is talking about when he's talking about a movement based in principle. And journalists, you know, that have been engaging in this get Trump crusade for the last seven years and lying about everything in the process along the way. Yeah, you have no moral authority to make these claims and to be, you know, uh, morally or intellectually ethically superior because you've been lying and we all know the examples over and over and over again starting with the steel dossier um jan concludes um it's the exact same thing i said when people were doing this to former president obama too why make something up or cherry pick words to make him sound bad if you bother to pay attention he's going to give you plenty of evidence on his own (laughs) that's true too um on the listless vessels comment dennis says I'm assuming that listless vessels is a similar term to wandering aimlessly. I remember experiencing people I ran into back in the late 60s at some rock concerts that personified that term. I decided not to join them, uh, or yeah, to join in, and instead preferred being a bystanding innocent. And uh, this is from Chris, who says, Pete, I have... Personally, never liked the term rhino, Republican in name only. I always thought it was closer to the truth to call them DIRCs, D-I-R-C's, which stands for Democrats in Republican Clothing, D-I-R-C. But over the past few years, I have come to realize that Republicans are really just one side of the uniparty, and most are just pretending to be conservative. They are not socially conservative, and they're really not fiscally conservative, So I've started calling them Democrats in conservative clothing or D-I-C-C's. John McClain was a D-I-C-C, a Democrat in conservative clothing. Lindsey Graham, huge D-I-C-C. And I have heard that he surrounds himself with other D-I-C-C's. Like, all the time. Trump can be a DICC on occasion, but not always. I really don't get the impression that DeSantis is a DICC, though. Enjoy sharing this on the air if you want. (laughs) Yeah, well, okay. (laughs) I try to, I mean, if you take the time to write like that, I try to read them all. Um, Let me see here. This is, uh, Pete, thanks for a a, a complete presentation of the Ron DeSantis remarks. So that all of the uh, Trump supporters can understand that DeSantis was not having a Hillary moment, but that the mainstream media is willing to continue to lie, distort, and try to destroy this populist moment. Uh, and that is from Dad. Um, Dad's look 
for people who don't know, my dad, very much Trump supporter. Huge. Like the biggest Trump supporter. Huge Trump supporter. So, like, I, I bear no animosity to Trump supporters. But uh, I just, like I said, I don't like people whizzing on my boots and telling me that it's raining when I know it's not. Right? That's all. I try to deal with facts as they are. And people can like politicians. I don't have any problem with people supporting politicians. I just don't like being lied to, which is really why I don't care for, like, a whole bunch of politicians. I think that's might be related. Okay. <laughs> don't fall in love with a politician. They're going to break your heart. Trust me. Thank <laughs> you.